just like in the workforce. If you like your colleagues, you like the people you work with, you don't mind going. He felt that he had somebody that he could go to that would always have his back. And when somebody has your back, you feel safe, you feel validated, you feel secure, you feel welcomed. And when all that's in place, you learn. The character of a nation is determined by the character of its people. This simple but profound message is what inspires the Character Plus mission as the longest running evidence-based character education initiative in the country. This Character Plus podcast is designed to be both an educational resource and community forum for teachers, parents, and leaders. Join us for rich conversations on stewarding the next generation. Truly, together, we can build good character values that unlock student potential. Welcome. Our Character Plus podcast series has been extremely fortunate to host incredible guests, from business leaders to senators to world-leading scholars in the field of character education. In all of those, we've been given firsthand accounts of positive character's role in personal and professional successes. We're particularly excited to have Alexia as our guest for this episode. Alexia is a parent of a student who attended a two-time National School of Character, Green Trails Elementary School, led by Dr. Renee Summers. But before we talk to Alexia, I'd like Dr. Summers to set that stage for us about her award-winning and excellence in academics elementary school located in the greater St. Louis, Missouri region. Dr. Summers? Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Mike. Um, Green Trails Elementary was a very unique place. So the parents there were very much involved and very much advocated for their children. So the question is, how do you, how do you harness that energy and that advocacy to help define the school culture in a positive way, right? So giving them voice and helping create a vision for the school together rather than just being in the, in the mind and eye of the, the principal or the teachers. We really wanted to involve everyone, including, you know, the kids, the staff, the community, and certainly the parents. Thanks to Dr. Marvin Berkowitz, I knew the most important part was to start kind of with defining those core values. And so we were able to just pull together some monthly stakeholder meetings, as well as meetings with the PTO and individual meetings with parents. Uh, we did some book studies and just and just really listened and got a real feel for what the parents wanted their school to be. So as we bring on our guest you recommended for us today, can you share with us how you met her and why you're excited for our audience to kind of hear her story with her experience in your school? Absolutely. Alexia Georges was a parent, very proactive parent, who sought me out before her kids even attended Green Trails, when her youngest was coming in to Green Trails as a kindergartner. And she, like many parents, you know, wanted to meet with me to learn a little bit more about the school and the culture. And she believes strongly in this idea that the school is only as good as its leader. And the culture and the feel of the school is going to be determined by the leader. Now, I, I believe that that's the leader, but I also feel that's 
you know, the teachers, the kids, but she really felt like that was a top down kind of thing and wanted to sit and just talk to me and get to know me as a person. And what was really interesting about Alexia is Alexia is very, um, she's very direct. She'll let you know exactly how she feels. And in that particular conversation, she started with, you know, I don't care if you teach my kids to read, write, do math. What I care about is that they like school and that you teach them to be good people and you work with the parents to ensure that they are good people and you teach them how to get along with others and help them develop resilience when things are hard. And probably most importantly, this evolved over time, but this idea that children could be leaders. And she really, when, when we talked about that as a facet of what we do at Green Trails, she really fell in love with that idea. And again, she wanted her kids to love school. So as I got to know her, all parents were, you know, invited to come to PTO meetings. We had these stakeholder meetings and that was like a monthly input kind of thing where we did book studies and she was very much willing to come and she would give me feedback, you know, look, I don't like the way you ran that last session. Let me tell you why. I really think that we could get more parents involved if we do it this way. Thank you so much for taking the time to invite so-and-so and making sure that there was representation across racial and ethnic lines. You know, she was just an advocate for everyone who didn't have a voice and I just continued to have lots of conversations with her. So then when we narrowed down what the values of the school should be, it was her voice along with other parents who really helped us nail that down. And then the kids kind of ran with it and campaigned for what they wanted. But a lot of that came from the parents and then also the staff. Well, thank you for that incredible introduction. And with that, let's jump into the interview with Alexia. Here's that conversation. Dr. Summers speaks incredibly highly of you as an engaged parent when your children attended her school. And we want to thank you for spending some time with us here today. Thank you. And thank you for having me. Well, perfect. Thanks. So you have two boys. Tell us about them and how you ended up meeting Dr. Summers. Well, yes, I do have two boys and I encountered Dr. Summers and met her for the first time when my oldest was about seven and my youngest was not even ready to think about school. And I was school shopping, a lot of options in my area between private school, parochial schools, religious schools, and public schools. And I wanted to find the best fit school for my values and have the support that it needed. So when I was school shopping, I went up to the school where Dr. Summer happened to be principal. I set up an appointment. I wanted a tour and I wanted to meet her. Set up the appointment. She's like, come on in. And I introduced myself and so did Dr. Summers. And she answered any question that I was looking for and was very direct on how she runs the school, the expectations of her educators the expectations of absolutely every single person in the building, not just the teachers and the secretaries and the staff and the lady who meets you at the door, but all the way from Reggie, the janitor, to um, the ESOL, which is English as a second language teacher, and also those that do before and after school. Um, and I remember coming home that day and my husband asked me, so 
what did you think of the public school? And what did you think of the principal? Because we believe that everything starts from the top and the leadership, and that sets the tone of the building. And I looked at my husband and I said, I'm not 100% sure how much I like her yet, but I do know that I respect her. And about two weeks later, we signed my kids up and they attended that school. And the most important part of all that is from my perspective as a healthcare provider is patients and people come to any facility, any hospital with open arms. They are seeking either a cure, hope, uh, a medication, something. They don't tell us what they need. They come to us for help. And I truly believe that just like a hospital or healthcare is that education is the same thing. And the fact that children show up every single day with hope, with eagerness to learn, with wanting and seeking something to be better. And children don't tell teachers what they want and what they do. Just like patients don't tell me, like, hey, I want this, is that they tell us their story and we help them. And that is the biggest responsibility is when you have a child come to you with open arms and hope and desires is to help that flourish, develop, grow, and grow in a positive manner. So I think there's a lot of parallels within that. And that's why it was so important for my husband and I to find the best fit, the best building, because every interaction and every experience matters, whether it's positive or negative. Um, children remember and children's experiences and their perspective, whether it's right or wrong, their kids, they make up stories. My sons did, um, is their reality. Yeah. So you have to take that serious. And Dr. Summers was very in tune to, to that. Yeah. And she had a very high standard for people that she hired and she kept her staff accountable, but she also kept us as parents accountable on, Hey, please be present. Please listen. Please read the emails. Please read the newsletter. She was very forthcoming on, I don't want to say an expectation of a parent, but this is the expectation that we would like, and it will make your child's journey easier. It's funny you mentioned expectation. In today's society, there's a lot of conversation about what teachers should and shouldn't do, what their responsibilities are to students in, in school, academic mm -hmm. and their mental health and, and their social skill building and their emotional learning as a, as a, as a parent. What do you believe the responsibilities are for an educator that had your children? Well, there's a reason I'm not in education and I'm going to tell and I will tell you what I most sincerely believe. The teacher's number one job, and especially at the younger years, is one thing. And I said this to the kindergarten teacher, the first grade teacher, flat out and very forthright. Your number one job is to make my child like school, period. As a parent, I know I'm going to fight about homework. I know I'm going to try to take the cell phone away. I know we're going to have disagreements and friends. I know that blah, blah, blah. What I don't want is the argument and the struggle 
of, I don't want to go to school. Just like in the workforce, if you like your colleagues, you like the people you work with, you don't mind going. The learning's going to happen. You're stuck in a classroom. You're going to learn to read and write, maybe faster, maybe slower. The schools have those resources. So what I, their number one job is, all the way up through 12th grade, because I had one just graduate, is have them like school. To me, that's the number one building. But how do you like, how do you make a kid like school? One, it has to be safe. Children need safety. They need consistency. They need stability. And they need a connection. If you have a connection, and it doesn't even have to be their classroom teacher. Beginning of the school year, everyone's like, oh, what teacher? Oh, that one's nice. That one's not nice. That one's strict. That one's this. It doesn't matter. It could be anybody. And one thing that I really found over the years is Dr. Summers was very intuitive and had children write down two to three names of what she called trusted adult, mm. that she felt that every student needed a trusted adult. And I remember asking my, my boys, like, oh, do you have a trusted adult in the building? I was like, sure, it's Miss So-and-so. Oh, why? Oh, well, because guess what? She really likes cheeseburgers. It didn't matter. I'm like, well, how do you know she likes cheeseburgers? Oh, well, during story time, she was telling us that was a connection. But what did my child feel? That if he had a problem with another classmate, if he struggled with a math problem, or somebody told a lie, he felt that he had somebody that he could go to that would always have his back. And when somebody has your back, you feel safe, you feel validated, you feel secure, you feel welcomed. And when all that's in place, you learn. And it doesn't have to be the classroom teacher. It could be the principal. It could be the secretary. It could be anybody in that building. And the people in that building and in the school also knew that it was a responsibility to greet the, greet the students, say hello, know their names, know who they are, know what their interests are. And when someone is interested in you, all of a sudden, doesn't matter how old you are, you're interested in them. You know, what's beautiful about this conversation with you as a parent is, is hearing in kind of real terms what a national school of character acts like. It, it's a climate and culture where students feel valued. They feel included. They feel mm -hmm. like they belong. Uh, they feel like they have a say, a voice, and, and that the people in the school value them for, for what they bring as students to the school. And kids have all kinds of abilities, so they're all over the board. But finding those things in them and draw that out. The other thing you mentioned, too, is, is an environment where, where young people have some connection with an adult. And you mentioned whether that adult could have been a teacher, could have been a janitor, could have been a mm -hmm. cafeteria. A lot of things that Character Plus has done over the years. We 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 talk about the 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 non classroom educators in the school. That that the culture and climate of school is established by everyone in the school, from bus drivers to healthcare providers across the board. So, listening to you describe kind of an environment of a school like this, what? What were, or do you have any top of mind examples from your children's experiences in classroom where 
when they did something stepped up, you said to yourself that this is an environment that's connecting. That little boy walked in, he's in high school now, walked in in kindergarten and owned that building. Um, his personality is larger than life, born leader. Everything he does, the other kids notice. He's been told from a very early on age that you need to make the right choices because the choices that you make influence others. Is it a gift or is it a burden? And we've discussed that um, with him, but that's his reality. Now, when you also feel very comfortable and liked in a building, you also take some risks. That little boy came home one day and said, Mom, I had a really great day at school today. And I said, oh, hi, what happened? He goes, you should have seen it. And he's like, what? He goes, well, you remember last week when um, my classmate took his shoes off in the bathroom? He's like, yeah. And I put him in the toilet. And I said, yes. And I go, we talked about that. He said, well, yeah, there's a bunch of boys in the bathroom playing what they call basketball bathroom. And they take toilet paper and wads of toilet paper, get it wet and shoot hoops. We've heard of this a few times. Right? Yeah. And then after that, um, come to find out that they kept flushing the urinals and my son was the ringleader and it was flush, 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 flush until it truly flooded the bathroom. They went to the principal's um, office and I asked him what happened. And he goes, well, I mean, I ended up getting buckets and a mop and we ended up cleaning it all up. I said, well, are you going to do that again? He's like, no, because that's really hard work. I also knew that we had to find a way to direct that personality and that ability to take some extra risks and his ability to lead other students. I had to find a way to hone that into positive because I had said it. I'm like, this child's either going to rule the world or he's going to end up in jail. And I'm not exactly sure. Or burn it down. Or table. burn it down. Yeah. <laughs> I really did not know where he was going to land. So for me, positive influences were crucial. And, but he was also the same kid who would tell me, well, my teacher likes yellow. Well, how do you know? Oh, well, she has yellow earrings today. Or, oh, did you know that this happened? He was very attentive to everything around him, which also showed me that those things matter. Yeah. Yellow earrings matter. He didn't tell me that he learned how to do his times tables. I mean, those stories I didn't hear much of. I heard about personalities. I heard about, oh, so-and-so was, um, you know, super happy today because they got a new puppy. Because those are the things that mattered. And that's where connections were being made. And did academics linger? Absolutely not. And even if they did, you know what? There's resources. There are reading specialists. There are math tutors. They are so many things are in place to help those along, but what is not in place and what is needed more and more is say, please say, thank you. Say good morning. That level of respect, that level of, I hear you. And not just between an adult and a child, but between kids. Um, I make fun of um, Dr. Summers and we still talk about it. I'm going to go on another tangent. Um, when kids have conflicts, they do. He took mm. my toy. He took my pencil. This happened. I can't find this. Whatever it happens, you know, so-and-so said this and it's not true or whatever. I know this because all these things happen to, <laughs> to my kids. All of us all at of some us. point. To some degree. Um, they went to, it's like, well, mom, um, you know, boy A and I, we went to the conflict resolution table. 
Mm-hmm. I'm like, a what? He's like, well, the conflict resolution table. I'm like, oh, what is this? Kumbaya. And he's like, well, that's what I was thinking. I didn't say that to him. I let him go on. And they would take the two children, instead of having an adult truly intervene and saying, well, what did you say? And what did he say? And what happened or, or on the playground? It was more, okay, boys, take a minute, step away, talk about this between each other, figure out how you're going to resolve this, and then carry on instead of a just, I'm a tattletale. And I'm like, well, that's a life skill. And I find that very important because as an adult, there are people that I enjoy spending time with and people that I don't enjoy as much, but I still have to find a way to be able to work with them, be able to be productive and have them be productive and also prosper. So small examples like that build the conflict resolution, the ability of my opinion matters, but in a respectful way. Well, if we bring this kind of circle back with your children as students, and the first comment you made was, was your expectation of educator is, is to have my child love school. Absolutely. A community garden was um, started yep. at the school. And that I know had a little bit of backlash because that was a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Um, I do know of a story of a friend of mine who was not very thrilled because the third child found out that a vegetable came from the ground and not the grocery store. And how dare they now know it comes from the ground. <laughs> but at the same time, from age appropriate tasks yeah. to weeding, to planting the seeds, to watering, to, and it was incorporated a little bit into the curriculum. I'm not exactly sure if it was during PE or mm-hmm. during assembly time that you had 10 minutes that kindergarten would go and plant the seeds, you know, second grade would go and weed, fifth grade would go and pluck the lettuce and whatever seasonal um, things that they were planting at the time. But those things also showed up in the cafeteria. Yeah. So it was part of, and they saw how things came to fruition and they were proud of it. And when they needed volunteers of who's going to take care of the garden on the weekend, I mean, my boys were coming home and say, mom, guess what? We need to do our turn. And Okay, well, what do you do? When your kid tells you that's what you're going to do, you're like, sure, I guess yeah. I'm coming up and we're we're going to do this because they had a new interest. Yeah. I would have never, I would have never done composting. Yeah. I would have never have taken it to that level. But that exposure, when I say that every experience matters, whether it was positive because they ended up with radishes on the salad bar at school mm-hmm. or was it negative because when they were helping, they you know, fell and ended up with a, you know, scraped knee. Yeah. It's still, it's an experience. Having a little insight into the school because of Dr. Summer's relationship with us and also being on our staff now is a lot of those things were born out of empowering students in what their interests were, right? Listening to students and then trying to find ways to manifest that. Again, another characteristic of a really high functioning kind of school of character kind of culture environment. Let's shift a little bit here to the parent side. What what were some of the things that that for you personally, and and I, you strike me as the kind of person that wouldn't sit back at all to to make your concerns or congratulatory comments made to anyone. But what were some things that at the school itself that made parents feel? valued and like they could 
participate or talk to Dr. Summers or, you know, that you, you felt, you felt a sense of belonging and connection to that school where you felt like you really actually mattered, that your voice mattered. I was welcomed and you could show up at any time saying, where could you use a hand, whether it was to assist a teacher, to assist with a child. Um, and it was welcomed and it was guided. So even if you didn't know how you could, I remember Dr. Summers offering up a book for free, and I think it was called Leader in Me. I'm not 100% sure if that was the name of it, but I believe so. And I didn't have that much time to read, but I said, well, if this is a book that the principal of the school is promoting, and obviously she likes this book, I want to know more about who is driving this bus. So I said, of course, I'm going to take a book, and I actually read it. And it was a great book. And it was about fostering leadership skills and promoting good citizenship to make a difference. And I was on board with those concepts, which also told me a lot about Dr. Summers. Because if you're going to back something, then you probably believe in it. And then the most important thing where I felt that I could be involved was Dr. Summers had I believe it was monthly, if not more, something that she called Coffee with Principles. And Coffee with Principles was usually in the morning. Most of, sometimes I could make it, sometimes I couldn't. She also offered it in the evening. And I guess she would stay after school because I showed up in the evenings. And anybody in emails would go out saying Coffee with Principles doors open at 6, 7 a.m. So whether it was, um, and sometimes there had topics and sometimes it was an open forum. Um, at the time, security was a very big issue. There was, uh, sorry to say it, shootings in schools. Sure, sure. Okay, and we were all outraged. So we had the ability to sit in front of the leader of our school saying, what are you doing to make sure our kids feel safe? What practices are in place? How are your teachers reacting? What training? So it's not that we got an email saying, hey, we're managing this. These were direct fire questions at Dr. Summers, all the way to, Hey, are we having Halloween celebrations this year? How is, what's that going to look like? So to me, the biggest and the best thing that I got to see was Coffees with Principles because I got a feel for who the, who the leader in the building was, which was Dr. Summers. Um, she, could, she was very frank, very open, and very direct with her vision and what was happening at that time. And at the same time, as a parent, or anybody in the community could come in and ask questions or even voice concerns. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, there are more questions that we want to ask you because I know those that listen to the podcast are going to be interested in a few more of these. So I think what we were going to ask is that uh, you come back for a second round of podcast questions and break this in two. Uh, and and I think we'll be able to get to a few other things that I think a lot of listeners will be interested in. So you're willing to do that? Absolutely. Be my All pleasure. Right. All right. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Character Plus. Whether you're a parent, teacher, or working professional, you have a place here. We want to make a world where character is universal. Did you enjoy the conversation? Then please subscribe, leaving a rating or a review to help us spread the word. This is only part one of the conversation with Alexia Georges and special commentary from Dr. Renee Summers. So be on the lookout for part two coming soon.